Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creators of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. Don't forget, wherever you've found us, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you leave me a rating and or a review, I would love to give you a shout out on the podcast. So uh, would you do that for me? Today we have a really, really cool artist on the show. Her name is Becca Clayson. And if you want to take a look at her amazing art, go ahead and look at the show notes right now and click to the links to her Instagram profile or her website. She's a stop motion lettering artist, but she incorporates food in almost everything she does. So it kind of takes it to a whole new level. Everything you thought you loved about lettering or food or art or stop motion, it's all combined into one. She's done work for clients like Starbucks, uh, Sprout, Organics, um, Big Cartel, American Express, Chatbooks, so many different clients and it's all just breathtaking and incredible. It was really fun to hear her story and how she got into this. She was very strategic and I really appreciated that about her Um, and it was just fun to kind of get to hear her perspective on things and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did so like I always say without further ado here is my conversation with Becca Clayson now are you based in Salt Lake City yeah uh just north of Lake nice you do you like city life or do you prefer kind of Uh being out in the boonies I have had an experience of like a wide variety of mm. living experiences. Um, I was born in Ventura, California, and moved to Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Vegas, when I was eight. Oh, wow. Then moved to Farmington, Utah, when I was nine, and stayed in Utah for a while. Went to gotcha. Went to college in Utah, then moved out to New York City for a year or so. Then back to Salt Lake and then got married and traveled around the country in an Airstream for five months. And then, nice. yeah, then went to Los Angeles for a couple of years and then back to Utah up to a cabin in the mountains in like <laughs> rural life <laughs> and wow. back like suburbia Salt Lake. So. You've had a, a smattering. I can kind of relate. Um, my dad was a traveling preacher, actually, and we, oh. we uh, lived, me and my four siblings and my mom, of course, lived in a 40-foot fifth-wheel trailer, not quite an Airstream, but <laughs> um, I would love to kind of dive into when you first started to realize that you loved art. Did you know from an early age that that was what you wanted to pursue full-time, or has it just evolved for you? Um, I always loved art as a kid. I loved doing painting and drawing classes. I did AP art in high school, but moving to college, I considered an art major, but didn't know enough about the options, Hmm. uh, and what was, what, what opportunities were out there to, to really pursue that. I just thought like, oh, well, I can't do painting or drawing like I wouldn't have any like way to you know make, make a, a living. living yeah we'll do but you know chances are not high <laughs> so um I discovered at the advertising major and through that discovered graphic design because as a advertising creative track which um, my school, we got into, you were automatically in the management track of advertising. 
Um, and if you wanted to go into the creative track at the time, there were only 12 each year that were accepted into that. And I was one of them. Wow. It was like a very exciting time. Um, so the creative track did a graphic design minor and that's wow. kind of my, that was my first like intro into graphic design. I had done a commercial art class in high school, but very, very basic Photoshop. Like I had no clue what, yeah. what do you know all that kind of stuff so um I had my first typography class through my graphic design minor and I really loved typography and wanted to pursue that but um my major was advertising and so I just felt like okay I have to go work at an ad agency and be like a junior art director there and so I did, and I didn't love it. it mm. Agency life was not for me, and yeah, so it's intense. It is, yeah. After a little over a year of that, I quit my job and came back to Utah. Well, did a little study abroad in China for the rest of the summer, and then came back to Utah. Nice. And got a graphic design job because that's what I really wanted to pursue. I really loved mm. graphic design and typography. And I wasn't so much into uh, brainstorming promotions for brands or the like conceptualizing and um, conceptual ideas are a part of like any design or ad, but you know, it's different in ad agency land. What is it? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm curious about what is it about typography that you find so interesting and beautiful? Why typography? Why lettering for you? Um, that's a really good question. And I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't even know how to answer. It's just, or maybe do you have an idea of why, why do you, why does it seem like there's almost like a lettering typography renaissance happening right now? Why do you think people um, have just fallen in love with I mean, I see why it's, it's beautiful. And, and it's so it's, I don't know, I'm just curious if you have thoughts on why you think it's really um, taking off at least at this time. Yeah, so I mean, typography is different from hand lettering, because typography, yeah. you know, fonts and stuff. And that's True. what I really liked at okay. the beginning. And I didn't know about hand lettering mm-hmm. at the time. It was only after I'd uh, been in my graphic design job for a couple years or like a year or two that I came upon hand lettering from like design blogs and stuff. And I just knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I knew I wanted to learn how to do it and get good at it and, uh, hopefully be able to make a living doing it. And I think that people really love it and it's grown Mm. so big because it's like a handcrafted thing. And in, the current like day and age we're in where technology is like so much in the forefront and by everyone anything that is handcrafted Mm -hmm. and tactile people really are drawn to that because it has has that human touch (laughs) exactly yeah that's interesting that's really cool thanks for sharing your perspective i don't know why yeah and i of course not being a graphic designer of course i loop you know typography hand lettering like to me it's it's like similar but i'm sure it's not (laughs) they're all letters they're letters it's the same thing no not um that's really really interesting but one thing i love about your work 
is that you've taken it to the next level. I mean, you're not just, there are so many people who are into typography and who do hand lettering. It's just unbelievable. It's getting to be such a crowded space, but you've taken it to another level where, you know, food plus lettering and it seems to be exploding for you. When did you first put those two together? So I had been doing hand lettering in my personal time and for some smaller freelance projects for like a few years at the time. And so I I think there's always improvement to be made on like your craft. But at that point, True. I had a lot of background and practice in hand lettering. And so I, ha I, I was familiar with like letter forms and in making them look good and interesting and, and trying to practice flourishing to make that look good. <laughs> um, yeah. And there was a moment that I, I was living in LA at the time and I went out into the backyard to pick some vegetables to make salsa. And I brought them in and set them on the kitchen table and I, I just had the urge to like create some letters out of them. Hmm. And so I made the word fresh and with jalapenos and cherry tomatoes and uh, some bell peppers oh, and things like cool. that. Yeah, and I posted it on my Instagram and I got a good response from it and, and then I started practicing with flowers. I made the word love out of flowers oh, around wow. the and I started doing more and more of that. Like at the beginning it was just um, an exercise, a creative exercise and practice and something fun. And this was like summer of 2014, yeah. And so I just started doing it more and more and and loved experimenting with new materials. Mm. Like what foods haven't I used yet? I, I can try doing it with frosting or with honey or with mm. cereal. Um, and over the next few months, I kind of determined or realized you know, I could do this commercially hmm. and I include some things that are brand related in some of my designs that I'm putting smart. <laughs> Maybe I can, you know, build my portfolio in this hmm. way, attract some clients that I want to work with. That's brilliant. And you can totally see your advertising agency background coming through there. That's what, what was your, what was the first um, client that sort of contacted you out of that effort? and wanted to get something rolling or, yeah, did, so, or did you do the contacting and, and then they got, they became interested. So yeah, it was kind of a mix of both. Mm. So it was, it was a bit serendipitous because it was for General Mills Lara bar, which I'm a huge fan of their, oh. their bars and eat them like almost daily. <laughs> and so great. I, for fun and one of my like, Hey, I'm going to include like some product in here and you know, see how that goes. I, I chose the cherry pie flavor of Larabar and there are three ingredients in there, almonds, dried cherries and dates. And so I just, it was pretty simple. I just made the word almonds out of almonds, made the word cherries or cherry out of cherries, dried cherries, and then made the word dates out of dates and then put the Larabar at the bottom and a few little flourishes and posted it and I posted it I think on Twitter as well and tagged them in it and they contacted me or like started following me hmm. and then contacted me and said that 
um, they would love for me to create some more for them. But unbeknownst to me, like uh, a week or two earlier, a friend of mine who worked at a different office of General Mills met with them for some reason and and he mentioned my name saying like, hey, my friend like does this stuff. You guys should work with her. <laughs> That's and, great. And then posted that. So then it kind of like made them think, oh, Brilliant. yeah. Brilliant. Like to kick off into, into some client work with food lettering. That's brilliant. And when, at what point did um, stop motion become a thing for you? Had you already started dabbling in that? Or uh, I had when did that? Okay. Like, like once maybe. <laughs> Um, because my agent who I'd signed with a couple months before was saying that there was a certain company that was like interested in me, but they did a lot of like gifts or like some things that are animated and said like, you know, maybe you should hmm. try practicing some of that. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try to figure sure. it out. <laughs> so just for fun, I like, I did like one thing and it was fine. It was okay. And then, um, not too long after that. All Day Every Day, which is an, an agency in New York, they contacted me about doing a um, a card art series for American Express. And so this agency had been contacting a bunch of artists and wanting them to create and interpret their platinum card, um, green card, and wow. blue card. No, yeah, I can't think of it either. Gold card, that's it, mm. in, in their style. And so I made mine out of food and last minute, like right before I started production on it, they were like, oh, we should actually change this and make it stop motion. And so I was like a little terrified, but (laughs) I can figure this out. I can make this work. So a ton of clients have referenced that work Hmm. and they really love it and want me to like create some stop motion for them. And so I think that that job got me a lot of additional stop motion work Hmm. and it also it kind of like changed my trajectory a little bit um because I decided to pursue more doing more stop motion and I mean I could have just done that project and then gone back to doing only still images and said like oh I don't want to do stop motion anymore (laughs) yes but I did like it and so I wanted to keep doing it and learn how to get better at it that's really cool. And I love that you are self-taught and you've just, you haven't had any problem with learning new skills. I think sometimes that's a scary thing for people, especially if they feel like, well, I don't have my degree in that. I don't have formal training, but really it's just a part of, that should be a part of any creatives process is just continual learning. I would love, not to belabor this if you find this boring, <laughs> but I would love to talk a little bit about the process from start to finish and not just the process of creating a piece But even the process of negotiating with, so I come from kind of an agency background myself. So I'm imagining contacting you about doing something and then, hey, we want a proposal. How much is too much? How much do you give before, you know, they agree to something? Because that could take so much time and effort that's technically could be unpaid. Like how, how have you, what, what's the balance that you've found now when someone does contact you about doing a piece and how do you sell it without giving up too much time? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I, I actually haven't had to do much selling. That's great. Cause people just see your body of work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, a couple times I've had to create 
sketches mm. before we've signed a contract. But usually that's not the case. Usually, I mean, we may like have a, a call to go over some things or to go over their deck or whatever. Mm. Um, but usually at that point, we've already signed a contract. But um, I might have to say, you know, describe some ideas I have of, you know, how I could see this yeah. working. Um, but yeah, usually it's like they have an idea in mind or they come to me saying like, Hey, we love what you do. Can you come up with an idea that uses such and such parameters? And so then we usually, you know, negotiate fees mm. and sign a contract. And then we jump to the creative and have like a creative call and go over any, you know, details that they have a, a creative deck that they've created. Mm. And then um, I, I, from there I would create some sketches and, and create a pre-production deck of like, okay, what background surfaces am I going to use? What materials mm. I'm going to use for which parts? And this is what the design is going to look like. And this is how it's going to move and animate. So they have like a very clear picture because with stop motion videos, it's hard <laughs> to like make some, a big edit afterwards. Like, oh, we actually wanted this word to say this or <laughs> like we want color to be pink instead of black you know something like that it's like okay well I have like hundreds of frames of this I can't photoshop each one yeah um and sometimes after effects like there are some tricks that I can do but usually I don't have to make any huge edits like that or, or reshoots and if I had to do a total reshoot I I would first like say like well this is what was agreed upon and that's one reason I give pre-production decks mm -hmm. because it's like, you're agreeing to all of this if in the end you decide you want something different that would be like an additional fee because we've already approved all of what's going to be created you know that's really smart you've really laid out those expectations and yeah I can imagine that would be really tricky <laughs> so that's brilliant yeah I mean yeah and like changing a color of a word is a lot easier there than you know in, in absolutely analog format so I can only imagine I I mean I've not ever personally delved into stop motion but just having talked to folks who do it professionally I, I can only imagine <laughs> it's painstaking but and but the end result is beautiful at what point in the process do you feel most alive and excited is it the, you know, when you're planning it, executing it at the end, when it, when it's all done? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some excitement at the beginning, like how's this all going to work out and trying to, you know, fit pieces together and mm -hmm. brainstorm. Um, but I think the most exciting part for me is when I can play back a bunch of the frames that I've shot and see like, okay, this is working. Like this is looking really cool. And then once the whole thing is completed, I can loop it and like watch it and say like, okay, that all came together really well and I'm really happy and all the time that was spent was worth it for mm. what we created. That's brilliant. I love it. Um, as far as uh, your process, I'm, I'm guessing the process is probably a little bit messy, but do you consider yourself a neat freak creative or a messy creative? Do you find yourself falling into either of those categories? What, where do you thrive? So I, I feel most calm and like 
zen when things are clean and tidy, but I mm. am not a clean and tidy person. So, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, uh, my husband luckily is, and we work out in our studio together. And so, um, for example, today, well, yesterday we wrapped uh, a big project. Well, we're still working on post-production, but we wrapped the shooting. And so today we cleaned up the studio because we had props left over from like the first shoot and like we were like not cleaning up until we were done with all the shooting. So there were like Christmas decorations everywhere and um, so we vacuumed up and threw stuff away and put stuff back and then opened the windows because during shooting I have to have blackout um, mm, curtain. Yeah. Well. I'll be like light flicker. So... Yeah, today was a nice day because we could work with the windows open and in a clean space. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Nice. I love it, and and I'm the same way. I'm such a messy, messy just person in general, creative. And thankfully, my husband is <laughs> a neat freak, which is good because yes. our poor children would be doomed. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Have you ever had a, a nightmare scenario take place during uh, production? Something that just went totally wrong, and you had to just do a lot of rework. Yeah, so I mean, I should I should take notes so I don't forget these these situations. Luckily, it hasn't happened too many times, but there was something recently where um, I had created a whole word out of granola, and it was like a big word, and it had taken me hours to create. And I started animating it. I started doing the stop motion because often I work in reverse. I create the lettering and then start shooting. Oh yeah like backwards that and then makes sense yeah play it i play it in reverse otherwise i'd be bringing stuff together and it wouldn't fit quite right i have to get the lettering like perfect for me and then <laughs> yes after that. so i had started animating and the there are different ways that you can animate lettering i mean there are tons but there are two ways that i often do it which is um like moving the items away taking a picture moving it away taking mm. a picture and so when it plays, it just looks like it's appearing as if it's been writing on, you know? Yeah. And another way is I move the stuff towards the outer frame, take a picture, move it towards the outer frame. Mm. So it looks snaking in and creating lettering. You yeah, know, yeah. So for this one, I was animating it, taking it away, and then realized halfway through the letter that I was animating it the wrong way because the whole concept no. of the video was that like there's this granola tipping over from a, uh, a, a bottle and spilling out and snaking out to create some lettering, right? So if I have the lettering just create as if it's being written on, that doesn't really connect because where's the snaking granola going? So oh no. <laughs> I had to recreate the lettering and then reshoot it to look as if the granola was snaking into the frame. So I was like pretty depressed that day. Oh but... yeah. Were you on a tight deadline too? Um yeah, I had to finish it that day, so Oh yeah, that like, that'd be a rough rough one. Like two in the morning. But <laughs> And do you have kids? I have one kid. He's okay. a year and a half. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. Oh wow. Yeah. And that's that's really young and a Yes, that had to have been a tricky day. Because being a creative, I think when, when you don't have kids is one thing. And then when you do have kids, it's another thing. 
and there and you feel that that deadline even even more intensely that's oh that's crazy yeah. wow i mean we we work like monday through thursday like nine to four although shoot days like end up being longer and so we have to like you know figure something out but we have like a babysitter who thankfully lately it's been family so that's, oh, that's really great. Nice. um and then we try not to work on fridays if possible so we can spend more time with him that's great and so but sometimes like i try to end around four or four thirty hmm. and spend time with him and make dinner and do bedtime and then if i have to finish a project after he goes to bed i you know come totally i hear you so, um sometimes though if i'm in the middle of a shoot i can't just stop it right there because if it's something some kind of food that changes appearance over time oh, then i have man. to keep shooting and then my husband's you know with with our boy <laughs> do you <laughs> have I'm just trying to get it done. Yes. Oh my goodness. Do you have like a least favorite food and a favorite food to work with so far that just really love, works well? Yeah. I love working with candy. It's like um, easy to handle and yes. I snack on it. Although right now I'm trying not to eat sugar, so it would probably be hard right Dang now. It. For <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like so bright and colorful and people always love stuff that's bright and colorful. Mm. And so I think it's just a fun thing. Um, Things that I hate working with, um, I have worked with shrimp two different times for two different big clients. Oh, that sounds awful. And I don't like shrimp, and so having the smell of it like permeating the studio, oh, and I'm it just probably like, just gets worse and worse. <laughs> so I mean, shrimp is not a favorite to work oh, with. Oh man, oh yeah, that. Do- I mean, I love shrimp, but that does not sound ideal. <laughs> especially going as it goes throughout the day. Now, as you're creating these uh, projects for clients, sometimes, you know, you're making someone else's vision become reality. And that's not always what will scratch your own itch as far as, you know, your creative passions. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that your work really, I mean, it's taking off and it sounds like you're, you have steady gigs going, but how do you find the time or manage your own creative passions and pursuits in addition to, or do you just always find a way to loop it into what you're working on for clients? Um, I feel like I'm pretty creatively satisfied with my client work, Mm. but I do like to do personal work as well Mm. and fit it in where I can or fit it in where I have gaps in client work. Um, I have a few in production, like letters are being created out of stuff at the moment that are just like sitting in the office that I haven't finished doing yet. And it's like Halloween. So it's like, okay, I have to finish it before that at some (laughs) point, but that's like a personal project. And, and so I, I feel like I often get, get hired to create the same thing. And that lately has been what I'm doing in my personal work as well. That's like straight overhead doing stuff like on a flat lay surface from the top perspective, which is great. And I, because people are hiring me for that, I want to keep posting those types Mm -hmm. of work and doing more so that I continue to get hired. But um, personally, like I also want to experiment with, you know, other perspectives and things as well in, in doing lettering out of food or objects at the same time. And I recently 
worked on a project with Tumblr creators for Woolworths Australia. So Tumblr oh, has yeah, like kind, yeah. of, kind of their own ad agency. And so I work with them sometimes to create work for their clients. And this was for Woolworths, which is like the biggest grocery, grocery chain. Yeah. In Australia. That's awesome. awesome. So I created some fun like gifts for them and they didn't have lettering in them. So it was kind of a fun, like something different. Um, but then Tumblr creators wanted to, wanted me to remix some of those animations with sound as for like an internal exercise to determine, you know, like if they wanted to start getting into more sound remixing. Oh, wow. Lines and stuff. And so they hired me to remix some of my designs I'd created for Woolworths. And so I, you know, I did some with a Maya Angelou poem, like a voiceover of her speaking and some with like instrumentals from a Bon Iver uh, song and some from like s with some sound effects from like sticks moving. So I did like three different versions and I had a lot of fun doing like the wow. sound. And so I think that's something I'd like to experiment with more in the future because that for the first time in kind of a while, although I love what I'm doing, it doesn't really make me like feel a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, it might be beautiful, but it status it, quo. Yeah it hasn't brought out like a lot of emotion in me and, and music and mm. that kind of thing does that to me more. And so Absolutely. I would love to kind of combine the two and make Ooh, it like that. Sort of an experiment experience. So yeah. we'll see. I love that sound adds so much to that visual experience. I'll, I'll be looking forward to kind of seeing how that evolves for you. That's really cool. I love I've it. And, yeah. Jingles and like upbeat songs that go along with some of my like client okay. videos. That's cool. Spend, you know, more like, do, 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 you know, it's like <laughs> yes. just music that goes along with the video and it's not really like emotive. Does it make you feel, yeah, feel something. Well, that's yeah. going to be cool. That's going to be a fun evolution to watch. Um, as far as freelancing goes, I know we've t touched on this a little bit. Um, what do you find really fulfilling about freelancing and wh what do you find really challenging personally as far as freelancing is concerned? Um, I, I love that I can, that I have a flexible schedule and that I can, can choose to work on what I want to work on, or if I'm done for the day, I can stop. And, you know, I mean, there are times that I'm working late into night or waking up super early to finish a project. So it's not like yeah. I don't work very much, you know, but like if I'm done with something at three thirty, then like, yeah. I will leave. And whenever I worked for a company, it was like, okay, I have to stay here till 5.30, <laughs> if I'm done with all my stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and so I love that freedom and, um, and being able to say, well, I want to try not to schedule stuff on Fridays as much as I can so that I can be with my son. Absolutely. And let's see. What else do I love about it? I mean, I just love, I love what I do. Like it, it makes me happy and mm. I feel like so much room to grow mm -hmm. and I love that feeling and, um, and being able to make a living doing something that I enjoy. I mean, sometimes it's, it's challenging to think about like the money aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have a, pretty steady stream of jobs like throughout each year and I mean it's gotten like more regular 
since I first started doing freelance in the food lettering realm, um, I was doing it for several months, I guess, before I went to freelance full time. But um, I guess like in those moments where you're like about to finish a job and you don't have the next one coming yeah. in, and you're like, okay. That's scary. Um, is one gonna come up? Like there's been a pattern and things have kept coming, so I assume something will come, but you know, what if it doesn't? But I also enjoy that time that's a little more open mm -hmm. because that gives me time to work on personal things that I've been wanting to or to try new techniques and things like that. Things mm -hmm. that I want to put in my portfolio or that I want to get hired for that, um, yeah. that if see, then maybe they will hire me for that. That's brilliant. And your husband, is he also doing freelancing full time? We're actually like working together, kind of oh, like a wow. I mean, we'll probably yeah. rebrand at some point. That's, That's like cool. the plan, but it's not happening like quite yet. Um, but that takes so, a lot of guts for both of you to do that because usually one yeah. spouse will be, you know, they'll have a full-time gig somewhere and then the other one can freelance. But that takes so much guts, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kudos to you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I mean also like challenging to work with your spouse like, yes. all day every day but um like there are definitely lots of arguments but it's also a lot of fun totally and there's no one else i'd rather like spend this much time with so <laughs> uh, but he he's he's so great he's he has so many good ideas and hmm. often sees like a bigger picture than than i can see and so i love getting his take on things and um I, I, I don't think, well, I know, like I wouldn't be where I'm at now without all of his help. Mm. And so I feel like we're just, you know, doing it together. And That's he, great. he worked like he had a job when I first started doing this. And then when we moved up to the cabin in the mountains, he kind of remotely was doing some of that and then helping me a little bit. And then he's kind of just slowly started working more and more with me until mm we moved away from our cabin in the mountains. We're like, okay, we're going to get like a set schedule and we're going to like go into mm -hmm. the studio every day or Monday through Thursday. And so, yeah, ever since we moved in June, we've been working together like regularly in our wow. little studio. So that's great. Good for you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think is the best tip you've ever received? Maybe you got it when you were in, you know, school. Maybe you've received it recently. Um, in, in terms of becoming a better artist, is there ever someone that's kind of made either a remark to you or given you a bit of instruction that's really stuck with you and helped you to become better at what you do? Yeah, um, something just came to mind, and I, I cannot even remember where I read it or heard it. Um, maybe if I do some Google searching after I can find it, but <laughs> it essentially was saying like, you should be doing something every day that is improving you or doing something every day that is getting you a little bit closer to achieving your goals. Mm. Whether that one thing every day is, is reaching out to a few potential clients and saying like, here I am, here's what I do. Like, I'd love to work with you blah, 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 here's my contact info. Whether anything comes of that or not, sometimes it might, sometimes mm. it might not. Or 
whether that is um, doing a working on a personal project or emailing someone that you want to collaborate with you know like there are so many different things that you could do every day like whether they're small things or or big things that can get you a little bit closer to becoming like who you want to be yeah. or where you want to be career-wise that's brilliant and really there are no excuses i think it's easy to say i just can't get there or you know i don't even know where to start but there's always something you can do that's really brilliant i appreciate that so much um, when you think back to your most fulfilling, like the projects you are the most proud of um, and that you've just found so fun to do, what was it about those particular projects or experiences that made them that way for you? Um, I think a lot of it is creative freedom. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> sometimes clients give you and sometimes they don't give you so much. A lot of times clients or potential clients will say to me, like, we have a few parameters, you know, and they're these and these, but we, we don't want to confine you. We want you mm -hmm. to be able to like do what you're great at. And so we want to let you do your thing. But then they like, are really like nitpicky and so they're not really <laughs> letting you do your thing but like yeah the sentiment is there um but then other clients like really do give you a lot more free reign have um and i just i yeah. love those ones because it's like i can be a lot more expressive or, totally. or creative and i when i like the end result i know that it's good and when i'm like like it's fine you know like I know it's like usually because I wasn't able to stifled yeah yeah I wasn't able to create it as I normally would have in in a way that I think would have made it better something like that that that's brilliant that makes perfect sense what do you think uh, when people talk to you or even just casually peruse your Instagram and then somehow interact with you. What do you think is the biggest misconception about what you do? There are certain questions that I get most, but I don't know that they're misconceptions. A lot of people say like, what's your favorite project you've ever worked on? And that's a hard one to answer. Yeah. Cause usually it's just like the most recent one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Think or even just about freelancing, maybe a, a comment that you get from friends or people who don't really know how much work it takes. You know, do you think do you think there's a misconception there? Well, it's like some people either think that it should take me way longer than it does and are surprised hmm. by the amount of time it takes me because it's shorter, or some people think it shouldn't take very long and <laughs> like are surprised when they find out how long it takes. So it's like, I don't know why there are opposite ends of mm. the spectrum, but like some people have asked me that thinking it might take a whole week to shoot something when I try to get it done in one day, even if that mm. day lasts from 9am to three in the morning, mm -hmm. um, just because it's risky stopping a shoot in the middle because when you come back, the light might be different or, oh, yeah. you know, the camera settled a little bit and then it's like your frame is off. Oh. And so just, I've, that's happened to me. <laughs> oh no. Trying to fix it in post and like, so that I sounds like a nightmare. Get it done and not have to worry about 
if anything changes or if yeah. the food, it's not always food that I work with, but it often is. So I don't want to have to worry about like whether the food looks different or the lighting. Do you struggle with burnout ever? And if you've ever sensed that coming on, is there something that you try to do or implement that helps you avoid that sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I have dealt with it in the past, but it's been a while. Cool. Um, I haven't felt that way for a while, which I feel like grateful for. Um, I think it means that I am doing a lot of the stuff that I want to be doing. That's great. Yeah. I do get a little weary of like a ton of shoot days in a row. Mm. Um, so I try not to schedule like too many like right in a row because those are like more stressful days and a lot. Yeah. And so, um, but if I do have to do like a ton of shooting, like all in one week, I try to give myself in my schedule, like, you know, a day off in between the next project or, um, a few light days, you know, so I can just like readjust and, uh, calm down a little. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Straight into some other like stressful situation. I know that I'll just like, I won't, it will just not be great. So yeah, no, that's, that's really smart. Now if you were, um, advising, uh, an individual or maybe a group of individuals getting ready to graduate from school, they want to go into a creative profession and they have a sense that they're probably going to be happiest doing freelancing eventually. What might be a tip or maybe a few tips that you would provide them to help set them on the right path? Um, maybe to eventually get there they might not get there right away, but how, what would you tell them in order to help them get there? Yeah, I, I think it is important for everyone to have some experience working with a team and working mm. um, for somebody, even if they know they want to go freelance at some point. And not everyone chooses to work for somebody or chooses to work on a team or, you know, for a company or whatever. Um, but I think that my experience in working for the in the various jobs that I have worked um, – have, I think, helped me uh, learn how to interact, especially mm. like my ad agency job, because now, now I'm you're working interacting with, a lot with of ad-, ad agencies. Exactly, and I know I know kind of how they how they work and how they think and like their mindset, and so I, I feel like I'm able to communicate well and understand their you know vocabulary and, um, but as far as like when they are wanting to go freelance and I know freelance isn't for everybody, but for a lot of people, it seems like it would be their dream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really love it. I don't know how I could go back to like working for someone unless it was a totally career, a total career shift. Like, okay, I'm going to go be a fitness instructor or something, (laughs) you know? Yes. Um, Like I would love to do. So maybe someday. Or like work in a bookshop. Um, but I think, and this will probably change in the future because I know that these platforms and mediums change, but Instagram mm-hmm. has been so huge for me mm-hmm. in growing my following and my audience, which includes a lot of people who work at ad agencies mm-hmm. or, or, or in-house at different companies. And that's the way I've gotten a lot of my jobs. Um, and 
to grow my following when I, when I told you that I was, you know, working with experimenting with flowers or foods or like honey and frosting and trying to incorporate some brands in there. I was, that was kind of a challenge for myself. And I was trying to post something on Instagram, like every day or almost every day to try to get noticed or gain a following. Um, so I don't know, I would give like a challenge. That's really strategic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like it was like a very conscious and strategic thing for me and it helped. I think it, mm-hmm. it paid off for me and it might not for everybody, but yeah. I think it's worth a shot. Um, and, and it's worth, it's worth it to keep trying. A lot of people take breaks from social media or for Instagram. And if that's what you need to do for your peace of mind, like go for it. But I, I felt like I had to keep working at it and keep going because I had this momentum, mm-hmm. like this creative momentum of like trying to create something almost every day and posting it. And that helped me want to create more work and not get burned out. And it helped me want mm-hmm. to keep, keep trying to create and get my work noticed and, you know, gain a following and try to get client work from that, build my portfolio and so, I don't know if any of this is making sense. No, I hope totally, no, it totally, totally does. And I think one question that a lot of creatives have along those lines, let's talk about Instagram, is, you know, I've heard people say, just post everything you do, which I disagree with, <laughs> because I think that be your best stuff and yeah. and carefully curated and we've had a few, you know, really highly successful folks, you know, creatives on Instagram on the show and and they all seem to agree with what you're saying. It needs to be, yes, post as frequently as you can, but it needs to be at a certain level. (laughs) Um, In the beginning, did you ever find yourself maybe making, posting things that now you look back and think, you know what, I actually wish I wouldn't have posted that. Or did you just kind of have an innate sense of what should be posted and what shouldn't be? Yeah, I mean, I don't curate my feed in the fact that um, I do like, uh, one with a white background and then one with a solid background and then one with a white background, you know, like make a pattern of my feed yeah. or I have a friend, um, a lettering friend who he like creates like a gradient in his feed. Like his, his work all has like blue tones and then they get kind of green tones as he posts more and more. And it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to like do the same thing. Um, cause I'm just more messy, you know? Yeah. And um, where was I going with that? So, yeah. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I look back on things that I posted a few years ago or a couple years ago. And I think like, wow, my stuff is, a, I've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Like my stuff is a lot better, but I don't like delete my yeah. old stuff. Yeah. And I don't think like, oh, I shouldn't have posted that because at that point that was good. It was good. For- yeah. Yeah. And it just shows that I have improved, which is good. And, you know, you should always be trying to improve if you're a creative. Um, And so, yeah, I think think it's also good to look back and see how far you've come. Mm -hmm. This has been great, Becca. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely to talk with you. Thanks so much. 